Welcome to the Knights Podcast. My name is Leah Thompson. As a graduate of Carrie Christian School, it's my honor to get to introduce you to the phenomenal group of teachers that we have on our campus. On this week's episode, I'll be talking with Tom McMahon, one of our seminar teachers, and he is going to be diving into Aristotle's four causes. I'm really excited for you to hear how he connects this classical idea with what we are doing at Cary Christian um, and what he specifically is doing in the classroom. And so please join me in welcoming him. Tom, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to dive into Aristotle's four causes with you. I'm excited to kind of hear you talk about the why, that why question that we ask so often. So thank you so much for being here today. Of course, yeah. It's it's fun because uh, in my seminar class, one of the main things that we do is ask students questions. And quite often these questions are fairly complicated, like uh, how do we rightly order our loves? Or um, when are nations justified in making war on one another? Or how do you determine uh, the condition of your heart? And what I like about Aristotle's four causes is that it gets to sort of the most basic question that there is. Um, And that question is why? Just Mm -hmm. why? Mm -hmm. Uh, And Aristotle tries to address that question why in four different ways. Um, He says, knowledge is the object of our inquiry and men do not think that they know a thing till they have grasped the why of that thing. And so these four causes, if we could just take a minute and I think line them out and then take them through an example. Does that sound okay? Yeah, that's great. So the first cause is the material cause. Um, This is simply the thing, the things that something is made of. Uh, So if we use an example, we could, everybody does a table example when they're, when talking about Aristotle's four causes. So let's use a table. What is the material of a table? Well, it's, it's wood of some kind typically, right? Uh, Now that could be pine or oak or ash or mahogany or whatever. Um, But it is the thing from which that is made. You know, so if you ask a question like, why is this table so heavy? We might answer because it's it's made of oak. It's made of wood, right? Hmm. Yeah. The, the second cause is the formal cause, and this is uh, the schematic or the blueprint. Hmm. Um, so it's it's how we design a table, right? So like, why is the table the way it is? Well, because it was designed that way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is, in another sense, the, the essence of the table. Um, what is a table supposed to be? Mm-hmm. How is it supposed to function? All mm-hmm. of these things inform the formal cause. Mm-hmm. The third cause is the efficient cause. Um, This is the carpenter uh, or even his tools as he makes uh, the table. This is the formal cause is the thing that applies pressure to change or leave something at rest to create what it finally is. Hmm. And then finally is the final cause. The final cause is that for the sake of which a thing is done. That's hmm. The ultimate why. The ultimate why, yeah. And, and you'll notice all these causes kind of build on each other, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The material is then designed, which is then carried out by mm-hmm. the efficient cause um, for this ultimate purpose. And so if you're thinking about... You know, a a table, the ultimate cause of a table is to create a a space for dining. Um, 
But what I think is really interesting is that oftentimes this final cause is is not really the final cause hmm. because you don't you don't necessarily need a table in order to dine, right? It mm-hmm. facilitates mm-hmm. dining, but I think specifically, what does a table do? It facilitates community mm-hmm. while you're dining. Mm-hmm. Um, and so oftentimes there's some extra cause or there's some extra why at the end of this mm-hmm. final cause. Yeah. And so I thought it would be fun if we took uh, Aristotle's four causes and took them through uh, and tried to figure out what the point of of Carrie Christian School is. Hmm. The why. The why of Carrie Christian yeah, School, right? Yeah, I love so, it. Yeah. So like, why? Why do we? What do we do here at Carrie Christian School, and why do we do it? Yeah. And so if we think about the first cause, the material cause, um, what what is the the raw material that we're working with? That's the student. Yeah. Um, raw unfiltered student and then if we consider the formal cause uh what is our our schematic or what is our design um well to me that's two things the first is is scripture and Mm -hmm. the second is the curriculum of the great books Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and so what we're going to do is take the student and use the design of scripture and the curriculum of the great books for what it means to be a human. Hmm. Uh, Our third cause, the efficient, well, that's, that's me and that's you. And I think honestly, that's also the parent Yeah. and it's uh, the teacher and parent relationship to the, that in loco parentis that the Mm -hmm. teacher stands in the place of the parent. Uh, That's all right here. Um, So the teacher is as our carpenter. Um, You might also think of tools that we use to accomplish our task Hmm. um, here at CCS. Mm -hmm. So that could be as mundane as pens, pencils, paper, uh, staples, copier, fax machines, laptops. (laughs) But it also might be things like extracurriculars, drama, athletics. Um, Coaches are are part of this efficient cause as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Administration, everyone is involved to, you know, it's the, all the things that, that enact this thing we call education that that carry it out from beginning to end. And then finally, our final cause. And our final cause is education. We want to make a student educated. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, we see that there's some sort of end beyond the end. There's some sort of greater why than just the first why. Um, Yes, we want our students to be educated, but why do we want them to be educated? Mm -hmm. And... I think we want our students to be educated because education facilitates virtue. Yeah. And we make our students good people hmm. when we educate them. But at the end of the day, virtue is an amazing thing to have, but is it really the end goal? Even still, right? Um, education facilitates virtue, but virtue ultimately facilitates godliness. Hmm. And that's really what we want out of our students. Mm -hmm. So at CCS, I think if we had one definition, we could say at CCS, the teacher forms the student according to scripture and the great books in order to make him virtuous and godly. Mm. I love that. And it ties into a lot of what, um, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you'll hear at the end of each podcast, kind of our vision statement for our students as a whole is that they will be equipped to flourish in the modern world by finding their identity in Christ. And I see that so integrally tied to what you're saying, this idea that we are pointing them to Christ. We are giving them, like going back to that idea of the formal, Mm -hmm. 
this is, we are showing them what Christ is, who Christ is, and then the teachers delivering that to them, giving that to them. Yeah, and that's interesting too because the efficient cause is also sometimes called the agent cause, and I mm. and I that might even be a better name because in that sense it's it's easier to envision that um, to see the truth that we are agents of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? That we're agents mm-hmm. of God. So not necessarily that we ourselves are affecting the change, but right. we with the Holy Spirit manifest in us as as teachers and as, as uh, CCS yeah. are affecting the change in the students' lives. Yeah. And it's Christ in you and it's Christ in the student. It's like, I love that, the idea of the Holy Spirit. It's like the same Holy Spirit is working in you as he is in working in that's right. the students. And so that's great. I love that. And I think this just gives a whole new image of the why. It's not just it's not just to get the grade or it's not just to go to the this college. It's no, we actually really want to strengthen and raise up men and women who love the Lord and who understand what um, goodness is and um Oftentimes, we'll talk about this idea of freedom, and freedom is not necessarily being able to do whatever you want, but freedom is being able to do what is right and um, being able to point the students towards that freedom and helping create free men and women, not just men and women who know things. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, giving them the uh, the freedom to choose what is right mm-hmm. is is uh, the end goal here. Yeah. So do you? So you've gone through these four causes. And I think you've explained them incredibly well. Uh, do you walk through this with your freshmen? Do the freshmen get to talk about the four yeah. causes? Yeah. So we we study the four causes um, in freshman seminar, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like I mentioned. We do it in the third quarter. They um, they get all these really difficult questions. And then it's fun to hit them with the one word question. Okay, so we've talked about all these difficult things, but now let's get down to the basics and ask just simply why. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you you really dig into it, you find that's not a, an easy question either. Right. Um, and so this is a great question to you know because one, once you once you ask why in general, then you can start applying this why to everything else in your life. Right. And you find that these four causes can apply to everything in your life then it really makes you slow down and consider it from all the angles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's another thing that we want our students to be able to do. Yeah. Because in this world that is oftentimes broadcasting um, an incoherent message, our students need the tools to be able to dissect um, all of the causes behind something. Hmm. And that ties into what Patrick was talking about last week, <clears throat> this idea that with every question that these students are being asked or engaging with, we want them to be able to look at it from multiple lenses. So we are interdisciplinary in that um, they're going to talk about politics, but when we talk about politics, well, how does ethics fit into that? And how does theology fit into that? And how do these all fit together? And let's really dissect what's going on. So Tom, I just have one more question for you. Just thinking about we talk about Aristotle. We are a classical school. Aristotle is obviously part of classical thought. Aristotle was not a Christian. Mm. And so we talk about, okay, we have these, we have this man who's obviously very influential in Western thought. Um, how do we take what he's done and really almost sanctify isn't the right word, but use that and see how God was using him to communicate yeah. truth. That's a great question. Um, 
you know, I, I have this conversation with my students all the time because it's very easy to say, well, um, this person wasn't a Christian, so why should we read or listen to them? Mm-hmm. And I guess there's a couple different answers to that. One is that just because this person is not a Christian or was not part of the Christian tradition uh, does not mean that they don't have anything to say to mm-hmm. our faith and, or any way to inform our faith. Um, I found that reading uh, the pagan authors, uh, whether it's Plato, Aristotle, Marcus Aurelius, um, oftentimes they challenge my faith in a way that that doesn't break my faith, but Mm -hmm. rather um, stretches it and makes it grow and makes it stronger. Another way to think about it is that sometimes we want to read things that we can be critical of. Mm -hmm. Um, So we want to present different worldviews to our students. Um, and give our students the train train those intellectual muscles to to either take or to reject certain ideas. Mm-hmm. In one sense, uh, we want to present our students with different worldviews and different ideas because this is what trains them how to choose mm-hmm. a worldview for themselves. Uh, now, with God's grace um, and His love, we pray that uh, our students choose the Christian worldview, um, but we can't make that choice for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my colleagues, Ms. Michelle Lash, says something that I, I think is uh, so great. We don't ever want to still tell students what to think. We want to tell them what to think about. Mm. We want to give them, uh, we want to, to train them to make good choices, not to make those choices for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really helpful. Thank you so much for putting truth and goodness and beauty in front of our students and helping them to see and taste that and also helping them um, ultimately to, um, through the work of the Spirit, His agency, um, just developing hearts of virtue in our students. And so I think the Lord is working through you mightily to do that. And um, we're just really thankful for what you're doing in the classroom. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Tom. I think he did a great job of taking this philosophical ideal from Aristotle and showing how it can actually relate to what we're doing on campus every day. And I hope that you saw just his heart and um, his passion for why we teach from a classical perspective and a biblical worldview. And I hope you also just saw that truly our consistent prayer is that our students through every conversation on our campus would be equipped to flourish in the modern world by finding their identity in Christ. Please join us again next week.